Welcome to Stories of Terra. My name is Guy Black, or Ravenhood, on the interwebs, and I'm just a humble storyteller here to draw you into the vast world of Terra by Riot Games. The Riot Games community has crafted an incredible universe. One that, of course, has ninjas. What kind of world builder or story writer doesn't want to do something with ninjas? Anyway, each week we jump into the Riot Games universe and narrate something from the world of Runeterra off of the Riot Games universe site. Think of this whole thing as a just a fun, goofy audiobook project by yours truly of League Stories and Lore. This week's story is Shen, the Eye of Twilight. And no, I don't know why I was doing a goofy British accent. Um, I'm strange. Now for my terrible impression. The eye is blind to fear, to hate, to love, to all things that would sway equilibrium. Oh my goodness gracious. I looked at this podcast goofy thing that I started however long ago, and I just did my 50th episode with Set. That's a lot. Thanks for everyone that's been listening. This, is, I guess, is the 51st episode, because why would anyone do any kind of celebration of 50 but anyway, thanks for listening along. I appreciate it. Picked up another podcast too. Other Side Gamer Alchemy Podcast will be releasing one right alongside this episode. So yeah, thanks for listening, you guys and gals. It means a lot when you let me know and when I see so many folks listening. So good on you, mates. Thanks. Among the secretive Ionian warriors known as the Kinko, Shin serves as their leader, the Eye of Twilight. He longs to remain free from the confusion of emotion, prejudice, and ego, and walks the unseen path of dispassionate judgment between the spirit realm and the physical world. Tasked with enforcing the equilibrium between them, Shin wields blades of steel and arcane energy against any who would threaten it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shen, the Eye of Twilight. An enigma to the spirit realm as well as the mortal world, Shen belongs to neither. Although born to one of the most revered families of northern Navori, it was his father's role as the Eye of Twilight that set his destiny in the Kinkau Order. As the son of the great master Kusho, he was immersed in the Order's culture, and its core tenets were as familiar to him as the Ionian sunset. He knew the necessary of pruning the tree, the determination of coursing the sun, but above all, he learned the wisdom of watching the stars. He meditated and studied throughout his childhood, and was considered exemplary by all his teachers. His closest friend, the only one who could match him in practice bouts, was the young acolyte Zed. They grew up as brothers, often confiding in each other their personal hopes and dreams. Shen could turn to Zed for a fresh perspective on any matter, and the two became known as the King Kao's most promising students. 
As their skills developed, Kusho brought them on dangerous missions, including a hunt for the golden demon plaguing the province of Zhiyun. Their search took years, but Shin stayed committed even after uncovering countless gruesome murders. When at last they captured the demon, it was revealed to be Hada Jin, a mere stagehand from a traveling theater. Instead of execution, Great Master Kusho ordered the criminal imprisoned. Though he and Zed both thought the killer deserved heavier punishment, Shin accepted his father's decision. He strived to emulate the Eye of Twilight's dispassion, so found himself failing to console a bitter and resentful Zed. Even when Noxian invaders threatened the peace of the First Lands, Shin reluctantly supported Kusho's inaction. But when Zed abandoned the Kinkau to join the fight, Shen stayed within the temple walls. Many of the provinces were soon occupied by the enemy. Despite this, Shen focused on maintaining Ionia's spiritual harmony. So it was, when he was far from home, he felt a jolting imbalance within the Kinkau order. Rushing back, he came upon the survivors of a bloody coup. From them, he learned Zed had raised acolytes of his own and seized the temple. Worst of all, Shen's father had been slain by the man he once saw as king. Repressing his anguish, he led the remnants of the King Kao to safety in the mountains. Shen took up his father's spirit blade, as well as the title of the Eye of Twilight. His role was not to seek vengeance, but to rebuild the order. Following the core tenets, he began to recruit and train others, hoping to restore its strength. One acolyte in particular showed boundless potential. Shen taught the girl, Akali Jomentethi, to master the arts of stealth and subterfuge. Her mother, Mayim, had stood alongside Kusho in the Fist of the Shadow, and it seemed as though her daughter could follow in the same path. Even so, Shen found himself forced to urge restraint whenever Akali would seek to strike back at their mortal foes. When Noxus finally withdrew, many Ionians celebrated the victorious resistance. Others, like Shin, endured the consequences of war. He persisted in his duty, while in private he wrestled with his hatred for Zed and doubt in his own ability to lead. The years of conflict had taken a heavy toll on the First Lands, and Shin was uncertain whether the rebelled Kinkau would ever be able to redress the balance. Indeed, even as Akali became the new Fist of Shadow, he felt her beginning to drift away. In time, she openly denounced his teachings and left the Order. Shin meditated, watching the stars, and understood that Akali would need to find her own way. And so had the Kinko. Sometimes, between unseen struggles in the spirit realm, Shin still contemplates the value of his beliefs. He's never let his emotions stop him from preserving tradition, but the question remains, how long can one man walk two worlds before the acts of one destroy the other? And Shin's story was written by John O'Brien, I believe, according to Lee Gwicky, and is entitled True Neutral. One of my D&D characters. All right. It was no tempest, it was a spirit, said the fisherman, still rattled by the shipwreck he'd barely survived two nights ago. The man told of his fishing vessel being sunk by a creature as large as a house and quick as the wind. Shin listened to the tale, silently weighing the facts as presented. Show me where it happened, said Shin. The man led him to a beach in the bay, where a team of villagers worked to recover the drowned bodies of the mariners. Shin knelt to examine a piece of wreckage. 
The gashes in the driftwood were deep and savage, the work of powerful claws. How many dead? He asked. All but me. Ugh. Six. Mm -hmm. The spirits are strong, thought Shen, digging through the wreckage for any further evidence. At last, on the edge of a splintered portion of the hull, he found it. A small tuft of gossamer hair. Most people would overlook it, or if they did see it, they'd never believe a creature that could break a ship in half could leave something so delicate. But Shen had seen hair like this before. Any doubts he had had about the veracity of the fisherman's tale faded as he watched the fine, silvery tuft dissolve into nothing at his touch. A demon, Shen remarked. You must have sailed into its path. The fisherman nodded grimly. Spirits of all kinds were known to mingle with the physical world, especially in Ionia, where the barrier between the realms was thin and passable. The ethereal and material planes were in constant contact, sliding peacefully past one another like oil on top of water. As the eye of twilight, it was Shin's duty to walk between those worlds, ensuring that neither side overwhelmed the other. To humans, he was a ghost, vanishing in the space between breaths to appear many miles away. To spirits, he was human, flesh and bone who ought never to venture into ethereal realms. He knelt on the bench to examine one of the corpses that had been recovered. The man had been torn in half, just below the ribs, and what was left of his innards dangled from a pale, bloated torso. You need not worry. I shall have the monster before nightfall, said a voice from behind. Shen turned to see a holy man sent by the local temple. Several acolytes stood around him, carrying an assortment of mystical trinkets and oils. They were beginning a cleansing ritual to root out any spiritual disturbances in the area. The holy man stared at Shen, as if sizing up his value. Can we count on your help, sir? The man asked. Balance will be restored, said Shen with an assuring nod. He parted ways with the holy man and continued to follow the faint trail of gossamer hair. He thought of the dead seafarers and the cost he'd need to extract from the demon. The words of his father still rang true. The hardest part is finding the point of balance in all things. True neutrality, the precise center of all forces at work in the world. That is what the eye must be able to distinguish. Enforcing that equilibrium was its own struggle. For the task, Shin carried two blades on his back. One was an Ionian steel saber that could cleave through a person in one blow, and the other was a sword of pure arcane energy. It was used for dealing with spirits, and it passed down through the many generations of Shen's ancestors. He had slain countless demons, ghosts, wraiths, and sprites with it over the years, and finally expected to take one more before the day was done. At last, Shen came to a secluded inlet, quiet and devoid of human activity. On a sandbar in the shallows lay the demon its fine, glossy coat shimmering in the dusk. The creature swelled as it rested, engorged for consuming the mortal essences of its victims. Shin crept through the rushes, silently edging toward the sleeping demon. He could see its massive ribcage expand and contract with deep, restful breaths. When he was but a few paces from the sandbar, 
he drew his spirit blade, readying his strike. Suddenly, a distressing sound stayed his hand. It was a shrill, ghastly cry emanating from the very air itself. It sounded familiar, and before Shen could identify the noise, he heard it again, and again, and again, culminating in a chorus of blood-curdling shrieks. These were the cries of dying spirits, and Shin's eyes darted back to the demon, now beginning to stir from its slumber. Shin took one more look at his spirit blade, calming and weighing his options. He then clasped his hands together, carefully focusing his key, and disappeared in a vortex of crackling energy, leaving the demon alone on its sandbar. A moment later, Shin reappeared at the sight of the shipwreck. All around, smoldering pools of black ooze evaporated into the air, coupled with a lingering reek of terror. Shin counted the dissipated black puddles, each the remains of a slain spirit. His tally was interrupted by the holy man entering the clearing with his acolytes. One of the men held a cord of flax and silver. Tethered to the other end was a smaller spirit an imp of no significance. It struggled against the choke of its leash. It wailed as it saw the remains of its brethren. Would you care to dispose of this one? The holy man asked Shen casually, as if offering him a bowl of soup at dinner. He looked at the sticky, smoldering pools that were mighty beings of the other world just moments ago. Then he turned his gaze towards the priest and the wailing imp. I am sorry for this, your holiness, he said, and placed his spirit blade back into its scabbard and drew his steel saber instead. It was not the sword he had expected to use that day. Shen, the Eye of Twilight an enigma to the spirit realm, as well as the mortal world, Shin belongs to neither. Although born to one of the most revered families of northern Navori, it was his father's role as the Eye of Twilight that set his destiny in the Ginkao Order. As the son of the great master Kusho, he was immersed in the Order's culture, and its core tenets were as familiar to him as the Ionian sunset. He knew the necessary of pruning the tree, the determination of coursing the sun, but above all, he learned the wisdom of watching the stars. He meditated and studied throughout his childhood, and was considered exemplary by all his teachers. His closest friend, the only one who could match him in practice bouts, was the young acolyte Zed. They grew up as brothers, often confiding in each other their personal hopes and dreams. Shen could turn to Zed for a fresh perspective on any matter, and the two became known as the King Kao's most promising students. As their skills developed, Kusho brought them on dangerous missions, including a hunt for the golden demon plaguing the province of Zhiyun. Their search took years, but Shin stayed committed even after uncovering countless gruesome murders. When at last they captured the demon, it was revealed to be Hada Jin, a mere stagehand from a traveling theater. Instead of execution, Great Master Kusho ordered the criminal imprisoned. Though he and Zed both thought the killer deserved heavier punishment, Shen accepted his father's decision. He strived to emulate the Eye of Twilight's dispassion, so found himself failing to console a bitter and resentful Zed. 
Even when Noxian invaders threatened the peace of the First Lands, Shen reluctantly supported Kusho's inaction. But when Zed abandoned the Kinkau to join the fight, Shen stayed within the temple walls. Many of the provinces were soon occupied by the enemy. Despite this, Shen focused on maintaining Ionia's spiritual harmony. So it was, when he was far from home, he felt a jolting imbalance within the Kinkau order. Rushing back, he came upon the survivors of a bloody coup. From them, he learned Zed had raised acolytes of his own and seized the temple. Worst of all, Shen's father had been slain by the man he once saw as king. Repressing his anguish, he led the remnants of the King Kao to safety in the mountains. Shen took up his father's spirit blade, as well as the title of the Eye of Twilight. His role was not to seek vengeance, but to rebuild the order. Following the core tenets, he began to recruit and train others, hoping to restore its strength. One acolyte in particular showed boundless potential. Shen taught the girl, Akali Jomintethi, to master the arts of stealth and subterfuge. Her mother, Mayim, had stood alongside Kusho in the Fist of the Shadow, and it seemed as though her daughter could follow in the same path. Even so, Shen found himself forced to urge restraint whenever Akali would seek to strike back at their mortal foes. When Noxus finally withdrew, many Ionians celebrated the victorious resistance. Others, like Shen, endured the consequences of war. He persisted in his duty, while in private he wrestled with his hatred for Zed and doubt in his own ability to lead. The years of conflict had taken a heavy toll on the First Lands, and Shen was uncertain whether the rebelled Kinkau would ever be able to redress the balance. Indeed, even as Akali became the new Fist of Shadow, he felt her beginning to drift away. In time, she openly denounced his teachings and left the Order. Shin meditated, watching the stars, and understood that Akali would need to find her own way, and so at the Kinko. Sometimes, between unseen struggles in the spirit realm, Shen still contemplates the value of his beliefs. He's never let his emotions stop him from preserving tradition, but the question remains, how long can one man walk two worlds before the acts of one destroy the other? <laughs>